Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's the greatest time of the year in sports. NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at BetOnline.ag. That's BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Made it to a Friday, Traeger Meat Friday at that. We'll tell you what's cooking today in a variety of ways. Tom Berducci is Sports Illustrated, Major League Baseball Network analyst. He's been busy this week. This was supposed to be a quiet week, getting ready for the conference title games. Baseball's dominated, and not necessarily in a good way. Chris Sims from NBC Sports on the two teams that will play in the Super Bowl. He'll join us coming up a little bit later on. The Mets have fired Carlos Beltran. The Astros' Jose Altuve denies allegations. Uh, We'll talk about those allegations coming up. And, of course, the Titans at the Chiefs, Packers at the Niners coming up this weekend. You can get in touch with the program a variety of ways. If you'd like to dial us up, Mario will be there to answer 877-3DP-SHOW. If you email, Mario and Twos will maybe get your email, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle, McLovin will... Where is McLovin, by the way? He is working on paying off his bet. He's anti-Titans. Oh, this is where I said uh, to McLovin, I'll take the Titans against the Ravens, and if he loses, he has to dress up as a Titan. I don't, I don't think he's ready yet. I think okay. he said it, there might be some partial nudity involved. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, okay. If you'd like to watch, you can on Audience Channel 239, DirecTV, and uh, also BR Live. And we say good morning to our great radio affiliates around the country and also Sirius XM. This program brought to you by LegalZoom. Need to make it legal? Make it LegalZoom.com. Go to LegalZoom.com today. You can start out 2020 and make it a year you'll remember for the right reasons. Promo code PATRICK for our special savings at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Sports scandals usually have a limited lifespan. The news breaks, we all react, punishments come, and then we move on. It can last a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks, but normally there will be another scandal or big story that comes along, and then we jump on that one. But Major League Baseball was probably hoping this sign-stealing scandal wouldn't last this long. Statements were made. They handed down suspensions. Current managers lost their jobs. A.J. Hinch, Alex Cora, Carlos Beltran. And now we've moved to the next phase of the scandal. So right now, unproven accusations that the Astros players use electronic buzzers to tip pitches. You might say these are just conspiracy theorists, uh, random people on Twitter, but that's exactly who has been filling in the details from the start of this. If you think about it, this hasn't been Major League Baseball. 
So now we wait to see what happens next. The asterisk next to the Astros championship seems to be growing larger by the day. Maybe, maybe there's not much more to this and things will start to slow down. Right now it feels like the sign-stealing scandal still has plenty of legs. We're going to talk to Tom Verducci about this because the whole buzzing, letting you know what's a fastball and an off-speed pitch, did Jose Altuve get wired up, did some of the other players have wires on them? The Astros can't say, hey, come on, you, you can't think that we would do that. If you did something as blatant as bang the drum slowly, then I have to at least consider this. I, I don't know if you're going to go, hey, we'll cheat there, but oh, we wouldn't do that. You don't get the benefit of the doubt. You lost that. I know how Jose Altuve said through his agent, Scott Boris, he vehemently denied this. I would assume that he would vehemently deny this. Now, he did benefit from cheating. If you're going to be able to look from center field and get this, you know, the signals, you're going to know what a pitch is, off-speed, fastball, you benefited from it. And then there's the video that came out where he's saying, please don't rip my jersey after he hit the game-winning home run off uh, Aroldis Chapman. Now, maybe it's just coincidence. Maybe. <laughs> God, I hope not. I hope it's real. Because the players have got off scot-free on this. And the reason why they have is the commissioner does not want to take on the players' union. That's really what it comes down to. There's no manager's union. He fired three guys. He, he waited till Carlos Beltran. Well, he didn't wait. But Carlos Beltran goes from being a player on the Astros to a manager with the Mets and retires undefeated as the manager of the New York Mets. Because you can punish him. The Mets chose to punish him. I don't know if Major League Baseball it felt like they had moved on. They weren't going to punish Carlos Beltran. But the players... The players are the ones who cheated. Yes, was it under the watchful eye or maybe not so watchful eye of the front office and the manager? But feels like there might be something to this. Yes, Eden. Kind of sounds like uh, like a future Jeopardy question. Like, this guy was the only manager to never win or lose a game in Mets history. <laughs> Ooh. Who is Carlos Beltran, Alex? Thank you. USA Today had a column. And uh, part of the column read, in the wake of his firing, alleged relatives would be online sleuths, aggrieved fans and players themselves lit virtual torches and marched into the online square of grievances to tweet wild but highly unsubstantiated claims of further cheating by the Astros. Does baseball have further specific details? Corroborated or not of the Astros cheating yet lacked either a preponderance of evidence or the stomach for an ugly, protracted fight against some of the game's biggest superstars. Can the Astros on-field rivals and fans across the world put this behind them without a pound of flesh belonging to blue-chip names like Bregman, Altuve, Springer? It's quite possible that there are so many pissed-off parties around the game that further details, or at least some degree of specificity, regarding the players did what emerge. And that might provide relief to the Astros themselves. Without it, they all might as well go up to the plate with a waste management receptacle around their waist, as that's how millions of people will remember them. Yeah, you can't say, give us the benefit of the doubt in a situation like this. Can't. Now, is it a wild accusation? Unfounded? Yes. But keep in mind, do you remember that there was 
a, a, a guy who was on Twitter. Is it John Boy was his, his handle? And he's the one that said, I got video, and you can hear the drum being banged during a game. Put it together for everybody. You know, he was the sleuth here. Easy to consume this. You see it in real time. You hear it in real time, and you go, oh, my God. They did do that. Oh, yeah, but they only did it a little while. I, 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 this always goes back to when somebody says, you know, I cheated. I used steroids, but, you know, I only, got, I only did it to get healthy. And then I stopped. Oh, okay. You know they helped you. And then now you started, uh, you're, you say, oh, I got a conscience here. This is just to get back to help my team. Okay, we only cheated for a little while. And, and then you stopped? Did you stop because somebody said stop? Apparently you didn't because your manager lost his job. If he broke two monitors and you still managed to continue to cheat. And now we're going to go, well, they, but they wouldn't do buzzers. You don't get the benefit of the doubt here. But baseball, I don't know if this commissioner gets to the point where it looks embarrassing if he doesn't take on these players in the players' union. And that's a powerful union to take on. Maybe the most powerful union in all the sports. But I can't keep you know, punishing these managers when the players were doing it as well. And they benefited from this as well. But we'll talk to uh, Tom Verducci about this. Does this get bigger? Yes, Paulie. You know, it was odd. Yesterday afternoon, early afternoon, the buzzer story started swirling very hot on Twitter. But that's the first a lot of us had heard of it. Yeah. By 4.15, Joel Sherman of MLB Network, MLB Network, said MLB explored wearable devices during the investigation of the Astros but found no evidence to substantiate it. It's odd that they investigated that option of devices on your body a month ago. And we're just finding out that they were looking into it. They, they, they put out this statement Again, this gentleman works for MLB Network, this reporter. He has a direct pipeline to MLB. Mm. And they jumped on this story and said, we already looked into this. It's nothing to it. Within hours of it becoming a rumor. Well, I think that there were rumors already there. And then it surfaced, and now you have to address it. I think that that's really what this came down to. This had sort of been there simmering for a little while. Verducci will know the timeline of you know the possibility of the Astros doing this. Is McLevin ready with his uh, Titans uniform or whatever he's wearing paying off the bet and let me see if wow mclove <laughs> that's great it's like harry hamlin just walked in uh, mm. it, it, it kind of looks like an a, he was in monty python's holy grail he looks like one of those guys so mclovin has a wig on and then he's in uh, a clash of the titans outfit would you assess your outfit, McLovin? So I went online and bought an outfit. I was supposed to be Hades from the movie Clash of the Titans, a Titan, a well-known movie from 2010, a remake of a 70s movie. Okay. But they didn't include the cool-looking wig and beard. They just had the tunic and, like, the old school. So I had to take my wig from when I dressed up as a soccer player, Fellini. It's an Afro wig. So the whole thing is not working, but I'm supposed to be a Titan. Your hair looks like Dan Marino's when he was at Pitt. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. When he was in college, you have a Dan Marino look just to your hair. I was kind of looking, okay, not like a Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter, or like... Okay, I could see yeah. a little bit of that. But yeah, this was... Remember when uh, I, I dressed up as Fellini for Halloween once, and that's the only wig we could find. If I, if I had the right wig, this would look Titan-like. Right now, it's... Mm. I don't know. It's like a middle, medieval nerd It, it look. looks Game of Thrones-ish. Yeah, 
Titan. Like a secondary figure in Game of Thrones. Well, that's the problem with Titan. What does a Titan look like? It's like a Hoya. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't really know what it. Their, their mascot's a squirrel. We were very confused <laughs> by this. Hey, watch what you say about my Titans. <laughs> Double or nothing, and you have to dress like this next no, week? <laughs> no, no, because I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So I can't go against the Chiefs, even with my Titans there. Uh, is the point spread still around seven, seven and a half? Yeah. Uh, it, Green Bay's a seven and a half point underdog? I saw it come down to seven. Okay. Some, but uh, Green Bay's a good bet. They're long odds to win the Super Bowl. They're seven to one to win the Super Bowl. I feel like that's a safe. Chiefs are the favors. Uh, favorites to, I believe so. to win the Super Bowl, I think, right now. But if you're looking for that matchup, if, if we put that, this out as a poll question, the matchup that you want to see in the Super Bowl, does anybody vote for anything other than Chiefs and the Packers, aside from if you're a Niner fan or a Titan fan? Feels like you would say, I want to see Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes. Wasn't Andy Reid a former, was he a former assistant in Green Bay too? Yeah. Okay. First Super Bowl matchup, are you gonna ready yeah. to get here? But that might be a downside, though, because you'll hear about that. The history. I, I'm okay. I don't. All I want to do every time we go to the Super Bowl, people say, "Oh, you know, what are you? Who are you rooting for?" I said, "Just a good game," because we put so much time and effort. Last year wasn't a good game at all. Close, but not a good game. You want to, you want the hype to to build, but you want it to live up to the hype. And we spend all week there at the Super Bowl, have great guests, you talk about the game, and then you want the game to pay off. And there was a long stretch where the Super Bowl didn't pay off, where the games weren't good, they weren't competitive. And then we had a great run there, you know, beating the Rams, the Patriots with that win. It was, it was a boring Super Bowl. That's all I'm hoping for. Kansas City, if Kansas City, Green Bay, great. I just want it where it's competitive, where it's fun. And I would, I would imagine people would be okay if you said Kansas City and Green Bay. What other poll questions do you have? Uh, Carlos Beltran, we debated yesterday. Do you think he ever deserves to work as a manager again in baseball? Or, and you could extend it, does any player involved in this scandal uh, deserve to be a manager down the road? Well, the only thing I would be concerned about here is you cheated once. Does that mean you learned your lesson and you wouldn't cheat again? Carlos Beltran was the one player who was singled out by the commissioner. Now he becomes a manager. What makes you think that he would go, oh, you know what? I got by unscathed here, and I'm going to be the manager of the Mets. Um, I don't know. I am, to give a lifetime ban, which is what you're doing here, and you equate this to what Pete Rose did because you're giving him a lifetime ban, is that fair? They were warned and that's really what it comes back to. They were warned, and then they did it again. They may have made it better, but, I mean, I would like for Carlos Beltran to get a chance to manage. Uh, maybe he will, but it'll take a while before he does, I'm, I'm guessing. And, you know, A.J. Hinch and Alex Kaur, those are proven managers. Those are World Series winning managers here. Yeah, McLovin. You know, I was thinking of one analogy. Greg Williams is back in the NFL. He even interim coached last year after after Bounty Gate. He was, a but that's pariah. not cheating. That that's just he put a bounty out, right? But he was. Uh, isn't that kind of cheating, or wasn't that considered cheating? What was that? Though? Bounties have been around for a long, long time. Well, it was but, enough to get him banned for a year. But well, cheating to this degree, it. 
they're different sports too, so their approach to discipline or giving you a second chance, it feels like it's a little bit different with football, with Greg Williams. And he's a defensive coordinator, and we're like, nobody's talking about Greg Williams anymore. Um, as opposed to him being the head coach. Yeah, McLevin. Hey, Rod, he's had a redemption story. Yeah, but that's a whole campaign to get in the Hall of Fame. You know, that that's 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 something different. That that's where you know it feels like he's got a PR firm saying, "How do I get into the Hall of Fame?" Yeah, Paul. You know, this, the one thing I don't know is being talked about here is if you were um, one of the managers that got fired, wouldn't you be really angry that the players are receiving no punishment whatsoever? Players who are proven to have benefited from this, proven to have participated from this. If Carlos Beltran didn't apply for a manager job. He'd be off scot-free. He would get no punishment. Yeah. There's current players on the Astros who have benefited financially, World Series money, World Series rings, and they're not getting anything. And isn't that a dangerous precedent Commissioner Manfred set because he's afraid of the players' union? Yeah. Because now I know I could come up, if I'm a player, I can come up with a sign-stealing program using technology, and there will be no punishment because there was none before. You can't invent it the next time. Yeah, I, I just think the commissioner doesn't want this to be a, a prolonged kind of uh, legal battle where it goes on for months. It goes into the season. And then what do you do and how do you punish them and how much do you punish them? And if you do punish them, then of course it resurfaces. They should vacate the championship, the uh, world series. Um, it's a mess. It is. It, it's, it's a mess for baseball. And I thought coming down hard on the Astros with the, uh, the GM and the, and the manager, okay, baseball needed to do that. And then we branched out to Alex Cora and the Red Sox came down hard on it. I don't know who else is going to be involved in this with the Red Sox. Like, that investigation's ongoing here. And do we find out something more about the Astros? And it feels like we will. It's just a question of how much we're going to find out, when we find out, and will the commissioner act upon it? But I would, I would be holding those players accountable. Now, just give, just give the optics that you're going to hold them accountable. You might not be able to press charges. You might not be able to fight the union successfully, but I, I'd be calling some of those guys in and saying, you know what, we need, we need to sit down and really discuss. And maybe they did. Maybe they talked to these players. And maybe they got enough information that helped them, you know, press, you know, fire uh, A.J. Hinch and the GM Luno. But, yeah, what a mess. We'll talk to Verducci about this. I'm sure he loves talking about this. Verducci's like Tim Kirchin. Buster Olney, they love to talk about the greatness of baseball, and there's so much to talk about. It's when you call them and you go, uh, hey, can you talk about this scandal? Hey, Tom, we were thinking about you. There's a scandal. Would you like to talk about it? Remember when I brought it up to, uh, to Tom? And I think this might have been when it first surfaced, maybe three weeks ago we had him on, and I said, do you really believe A.J. Hinch did not know what was going on? And look, we like A.J. Hinch. But I said, you can't sit here and tell me that he did not know what was going on when somebody's banging a garbage uh, dumpster in the back. And you're, you're the manager, and it's banging in your ear, too. Everybody loved Lance Armstrong. And then all of a sudden, they go, nope, we're going to turn on him here. And, but Tom didn't think that A.J. was involved in this. I'm going to guess that he was still aware of what was going on. So we'll talk to Tom. 19 after the hour, we'll settle on a poll question. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Okay, so we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But I didn't know this until recently, and it's taken my TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Over the weekend, I used ExpressVPN to binge Doctor Who on Netflix. It was so simple. I just fired up the ExpressVPN app, 
change my location to UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You could choose from almost 100 different countries. Just think about all the Netflix libraries you could go through. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen, wherever you are. If you visit our special link right now, expressvpn.com slash Patrick, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Patrick. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. If you're watching on Audience Channel 239 or Direct, uh, Direct TV or uh, BR Live, people want to know if McLovin is uh, a Titan after losing the bet with the Ravens losing to my Titans, or you're Frodo. I'm getting. Are, are you Frodo? Frodo would work. I'm getting a lot of uh, Howard Stern in the oh, '70s and private parts. That's that's mean spirited to Howard. <laughs> no, it, the pictures side by side are pretty close. Oh, do you have a side by side? Yes, I would said. Ha, remember, Howard wore that silly yeah. wig and tried to pretend that he was 22 in the movie, which is hysterical. That's what I kind of look like. Maybe during one of the look-ins, we can uh, put you side by side with Howard Stern from this, Private uh, Parts. It's not a flattering look, Dan. This program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe because life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our interviews this week or any week from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to the Dan Patrick Show app where you can watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave. Mercedes-AMG driving performance. Nobody loves talking about a baseball scandal quite like Tom Verducci does. Part of MLB Network's ongoing coverage of the Astros. And uh, now a Hall of Famer, Tom Verducci, joining us in the program. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Hall of Famer. Thank you. Cheers to the rumor yourself that you started signing your checks with an H O F after your signature. <laughs> no, actually, I sign it Famer. I don't do H O F. It's just okay. Famer. Yes. All right. Yeah, well deserved. Thank you, Tom, and you too. If I told you a month ago this is where we would be with the Astros, you would have said what? Uh, no way. I, I didn't see, first of all, the harshness of the penalties or the fallout coming. But once I read the commissioner's nine-page statement concluding the investigation, then I got it. In other words, I thought that was so transparent. I thought they did a very good job laying out exactly what happened with the Astros. Then I understood there's a lot of things I did not know before. For instance, that they had stolen signs throughout the 2017 postseason. Um, the fact that Alex Cora was such an integral part of that these are the things we didn't know, so I wasn't expecting as much as we got. All right, there's a couple of things. There's a, a few directions to go in. But let me start with Mike Fires, who was with the Astros, now with the Oakland A's. And I think he might have told some of his new teammates this is what the Astros did. 
And then he told Kenny Rosenthal, and then all of a sudden it went public here. But if Fires doesn't say this, does anybody, you know, is anybody disciplined? Do we find out anything that went on with the Astros in that postseason run? Um, I think eventually, Dan, I think it sounded like the Athletic, and I don't want to speak for them, was on this story and pursuing it, getting Fires on the record. A member of that team obviously clinched the deal. They also had talked with uh, Denny Farquhar as well, the White Sox pitcher. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, eventually this was going to come out. You know, there's just there's so much movement in Major League Baseball now. I think actually 17 of the players on that 17 Astros team are with other organizations or retired now. So I think eventually mm. this thing was going to come out. But obviously, an active player on that team uh, admitting that that's what they were doing, yeah, that was powerful. Why didn't the commissioner go after the players? Well, you have to go back to his memo September 15, 2017, when he first, this was after the Apple Watch incident with the Red Sox and Yankees, where I think he first woke up to the fact that people were using technology, and I think rampantly, to decode signs. So there had been no rules on the books about that in terms of what the penalties would be. He changed that with a memo, and he put it, he sent it out to front office and field staff, not to players. The memo went out to management people and basically said, you do this, you're going to be punished severely. And I think his idea right then was it's just so hard to get into the muck and mire of trying to find out from players who did what in that clubhouse culture, to what extent, how would you ever discipline them on an individual basis? Mm. Uh, so he said, listen, we came up with this system, this replay system. We're the ones that put the monitor down there. So it's up to our people, management people, to make sure we have a culture where it's not misused. So the onus was on the management people right away. It wasn't like he decided um, when the ruling came out that he would skirt players. And I don't know if there's a deterrent then, Tom. If you're not going to punish them, you're afraid of the players' union, and you're going to basically punish the adults in in the room here. The players are in, in the clear. Yeah, it's a great point, Dan, because <laughs> there's so much responsibility specifically on the manager now. Think about that. You're managing a major league game trying to – in real time, do what you need to do in terms of decisions and player personnel. Now you're also responsible for whatever is going on behind you in the clubhouse, in the video room, whether it's analysts back there who are decoding signs or players going back there to get a peek. That's on the manager, not on the people who are actually doing it. So it's a very special exemption. It's a carve-out in terms of player behavior. In other words, you use PEDs, you know, you cork your bat, you put pine tar on the ball. That's on you, and you're going to be punished for it. But you now can steal signs electronically and not face any punishment. The manager and the general manager will. I understand why the commissioner did that, because I don't think it's because he's fearful of um, any kind of reprisal from the union in terms of grievance and appeals. I think it's just so darn difficult to to cut that uh, uh, discipline for any individual player. Yeah, but that would be like a writer plagiarizing something and then the writer's boss being punished for what the writer did. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think it's necessarily fair, but I think from a practical point of view, I'm not sure where he could go with this. I mean, what would you do right now? Say you were going to punish Astros players. What would you do? Basically, everybody on that team knew what was going on and did nothing about it, including Mike Fires. I would way. vacate it, Tom. I'd vacate the World Series. That that then I've punished the players. That's as, that might be as close as I get to a punishment. That's a team punishment, and you know. Yeah, but again, you're not individually 
punishing players for their behavior. I get what you're saying. There's, you're officially putting a taint, but then that taint is there on that team. You know that. I know that. The most precious thing all of us have is our reputation, and that reputation is shot. We're sitting here almost 70 years later talking about the 1951 Giants as cheaters. And we'll be talking about the Astros 70 years from now as cheaters. So I don't think you needed the commissioner to say that. Their, their reputation is broken. Yeah, but it, is Altuve a Hall of Famer now? Uh, I, You know, it's, that's going to be up to every individual voter, and I'm certainly one of them. I'm not going to assess his candidacy right now, but it's something we all are now going to have to grasp with. There's no question about that. Beltran will be the first list, litmus test. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he was a first ballot slam dunk Hall of Famer, but he certainly has Hall of Fame type credentials. Would you have kept him? If you were the Mets, would you have kept him as? No, your... I I would not have. I mean, I, just play it out there. If you wanted to keep him, he'd have to make a full accounting of what he did at a press conference. There'd be a million questions <laughs> about when this began. Yeah. Um, first of all, he played for the Yankees in the first three years when replay monitors were down in the dugout. Did he just start with the Astros in 17 when the monitors were in place in, in, in 14, 15? at 16 what did he do in the world series you know it wasn't going away he would start his term first term as a manager being labeled as a cheater and someone who lied to the media about his involvement i mean that that just destroys your credibility at a time when let's face it baseball needs it astros don't get the benefit of the doubt so when i saw the buzzer story yesterday (laughs) and jose altuve came out through scott boris and vehemently denied of course he's going to vehemently deny this but uh, what do you make? Is there where there's smoke, there's fire here? Uh, I, I say no. I mean, you have to be careful and not look at these things with a confirmation bias. I mean, nobody saw at the time and saw anything that said, why, this is weird that he's not taking his jersey off after a walk-off homer. Uh, now that it's out there from the Twitter detectives, we're looking at it with a different eye. I do know that reports were out there, suspicions that the, red, that the Astros were wearing bandages with buzzers on them. The commissioner's office in this three-month investigation did look into that and found nothing. Commissioner has said that on the record. They specifically looked at that and found nothing. Altuve gave his reasons for not taking his jersey off after the game to Ken Rosenthal in real time, where he said, listen, my wife doesn't like me to do it. It happened before. I'm a, I'm a modest guy. I'm not comfortable with it. That's his answer. That's good enough for me at that time until somebody actually comes up with real evidence and not confirmation bias. Yeah, but if I rip off your jersey, you got an undershirt on there. It's not like he was naked. And and so you're saying anytime he's in a t-shirt that he's embarrassed or he's he's modest and doesn't does he walk around with his jersey on all the time or long I mean I'm not <laughs> buying that part of it where hey, I'm modest. Okay. He hit a game-winning home run. He he homered off Chapman and his thought is don't rip off my jersey. Come on, he's already a proven cheater, and now you got that? Uh, I'm not buying that. Maybe they didn't use buzzers, Tom, but I'm not buying that. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm buying it for now, Dan. Okay. I think there, there was something. He hit a walk-off home run earlier with his wife. She told she didn't like it. And listen, there's some guys who don't wear T-shirts or anything underneath their uniforms. He might be one of those. I don't know. No, he's got a blue. Um, he's got a blue. He got something. Well, underneath. he's got a sleeve on. I know he's got a sleeve on. But in many cases, you uh. saw with Pete Alonso. Sometimes you're wearing something underneath, or you know, they'll rip everything off. So, listen again. When you have incidents like this, and there's, as you know, there's so many echoes here with the steroid era. Once you put it out there that players are pushing the envelope and cheating, it puts everything under suspicion. And, and that's really the worst thing about that. It's what we know, and then it's what we guess. 
Isn't it great to come on and talk about your sport when it, there's a scandal on? Man, it's been a heck of a week, huh? I mean, one after the other. I will tell you this, and this is not defensive baseball because it's been a bad week, but I did think they they did a good job with transparency with that report at least. Nobody walked away from that saying, what are they hiding? What actually happened with the Astros in 17 and 18? Now, 19 is going to be a different story. That's going to continue. but And we still have to hear about the Red Sox in 18. But at least I think they pretty, pretty much laid it out there after talking to more than 60 people and 70,000 emails. Uh, I think they learned a lesson from the Pete Rose thing where if you're going to suspend somebody like this, you better show your evidence. But don't you, Pete coming out, Pete Rose saying, hey, at least I didn't taint the game. I went, what? Huh? Uh, huh? Come on, Pete. Yeah. Okay, what's uh, worse? Has it been? What's worse? What Pete Rose did or what the Astros did? Um, I, I think they're both really bad. Anytime you call into question the integrity of the outcome of a game, I mean, that's probably the worst thing that could happen in a sport, right? When you go to a game, you pay your money, you watch it on TV. If there's even any suspicion in your mind that the outcome was decided by something outside of the rules, what do you have? You, get, you have professional wrestling. I mean, there's no integrity to the competition at that point. So I, I'm not going to split hairs and say one was worse than the other because they, they drive it really the heart of the game. You're going to be part of uh, MLB Network's exclusive Hall of Fame coverage on Tuesday? I will be. We'll be talking some more about steroids then, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> like we haven't talked about it enough. <laughs> what do you think the biggest discussion will be on that Tuesday when you guys discuss the Hall of Fame? I hate to say it, but it's probably Bonds and Clemens again and how close they get to 75%. Then they have, what, just a year, a year or two more left on the ballot, a couple of more shots, and that's it. Um, you know, sub to that, we know Jeter's going in. Is that 100%? Larry Walker and Kurt Schilling are the bubble guys, whether they get in or not. Both of them are going to be right there, and Walker's in his last year, so he needs to get in, at least by the writer's ballot this time. Uh, but, yeah, the conversation about is there any growth in terms of support, which there has been for Clemens and Bonds, I think there will be. I don't think they're getting in this year. Um, but the, the extrapolation of whether they're continuing at a pace that's going to get them in or not. I'll leave you with this. What would you say to Dodger fans today about losing to the Astros in the World Series? Listen, hang with them. I especially feel for somebody like Clayton Kershaw, right? He goes into Houston there. He's got a 4 nothing lead, and everything blows up on him at Minute Maid Park. And we don't know what pitches the Astros got or how it influenced the game, but we know it was used throughout the postseason, and that has to hurt. But I will tell you, Dan, that when the Astros sat down with investigators and multiple Astros told them, named at least eight other teams who were doing this in 2017, not in the postseason, but in the 2017 season, I think they're accurate about that. And when you had a replay system in real time with a camera dedicated on home plate for every team in the major leagues, we know that the Astros weren't the only team. So just be careful about how far you want to go out there and saying that our house is clean. Great stuff, Tom. And uh, congratulations again of going into the uh, Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. And uh, I'll see you in in June in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I look forward to it. Congrats, man. Thank you, Tom. Tom Verducci, senior baseball writer, works for the MLB Network. Yeah, Tom Verducci is going in. Michael Wilbon is also going in as a uh, Hall of Famer. We'll take a break. Phone calls coming up. Play of the day in the on-deck circle. And the value of Derrick Henry and a great running back in trying to get to the Super Bowl. Also, what's the best ending to a song? We've talked about the best start of a song. Oh, we're going niche today. Niche. 
We're going to give you the best ending to a song. And I have one that I think is number one, and it's not even close. We'll have that for you coming up as well here on the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Oh, my God. The play, the play, the play. of the day. Check this out. Shot clock at five. Back to B.I. B.I. taking Gobert. Mid-range. Same play. Feet. Same play. Same play. Same play. Down, down, down. Two-tenths of a second left. Brandon Ingram has given the Pelicans the lead. Pelicans win it. Brandon Ingram goes for 49, ending the Jazz 10-game winning streak. A little lover boy working for the weekend. That's courtesy of the Pelicans Radio Network. Play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by Legal. Need to make it legal? Make it LegalZoom.com. Make 2020 a year you will remember for all the right reasons. Go to LegalZoom.com. Use the promo code PATRICK at checkout for special savings. Every day, Fritzy will put up numbers on our scoreboard. We have a big scoreboard in the field house here over by the basketball court. And I came in today, and Fritzy always tries to stump me. He'll put up two numbers for the home team, two numbers for the visiting team. So that's the scoreboard. And I looked at it, and I went, he put up 49 for home and 14 for the visitors. And I said, I think I figured it out, Todd. What do you got? Brandon Ingram went for 49, and he wears number 14. Nicely done. Thank That's exactly you, sir. what that thank is. Thank you, sir. A little love to Brandon thank, Ingram. That was stronger that you got that. Thank you, sir. People want to know if McLovin is Howard Stern from Private Parts or Weird Al Perloff, Weird Al Yankovic. That's another one. A lot of Frodo Baggins. A lot of Frogo, Frodo as well. McLovin paying off his bet, and I appreciate that. Yes, Paulie? I kind of hope McLovin drives home in that outfit and gets pulled over. <laughs> I don't want him to actually get a ticket, but I would love to see the interaction with the police officer. Is Odell Beckham still on the lamb? Is he the world? Fugitive? Yeah. <laughs> he went a one-cheek or two-cheek. They're investigating. Is there, is there an arrest warrant for Odell Beckham for, yeah. for spanking the police officer? It, it's unclear what the warrant means. I okay. don't know if he's like a fugitive. It doesn't, I don't think it's a felony. But the, the police don't like when you spank them on national TV. Mm, they don't like when you spank them anytime. That's right. Yes. You do not put your hand on a police officer. Rarely does it work out well. Never. Even if you're being nice or you want to even tap them on the shoulder for directions. Yes, Todd? Is it not a badge of honor to get okay. spanked by OBJ? All righty. All righty. Take it out loud. Yeah. Paulie had a little run in with the popo. I was at a wedding, believe it or not, after a wedding, and I was actually kind of sober, and we were walking to a bar with a few <laughs> bros, fraternity bros. Yeah. It was like in the, like Evansville, Indiana or somewhere. And the police got on one of our friend's cases because he was messing with like a sign. 
So the police went up and started talking to him. And I don't even think the police were going to arrest my friend, but I was trying to make sure my friend was being a real smart ass. And I went up to the police officer from behind. I walked up and I put my hand on his shoulder. I said, excuse me, officer, I'll, I'll get him out of here. That's what I was trying to say is I'll, I'll get my friend out of here. We're sorry. And I went up and to the first police officer and I put my hand gently on his shoulder. I said, excuse me, like I'm trying to get his attention, patting him. The other police officer, I swear to God, took his billy club out and gave me a little, a little pop in the back of the head, like a little wake up call. Okay. And I, and I like saw stars and I turned around. And he goes, don't ever do that. No. Don't ever do that. I even said, I go, I got you. I'm sorry. And, you know, I didn't realize how touchy of a situation. Especially from behind if they, because they don't know. There, and there was a bunch of guys there, too. So, mm. yep. All right. The best ending to a song all time. Paulie has, you think Rush? Well, of course. Spirit of the Radio, is that what you picked out? Yeah, Spirit of the Radio is one of their greatest songs. Okay. But the way it ends is super cool. All right. Okay. We get a lot of drums, guitars, organ. Yeah. The very last 10 seconds, okay. Alex Lifeson just nails it. Okay. But I like how Getty Lee's voice will build as the music is building here. That's good. It's really good. I picked A Day in the Life by the Beatles. And it's it's one of the more talked about songs by the Beatles because they hold one note. I don't know how long they do it. I don't know how they did it. But the Beatles, A Day in the Life is uh, what I picked. No, no, not that. that that's, the, that's the second ending. So there's a... Oh, sorry. I didn't know which ending you were referring the to. One the where second just, ending or the first ending? They they hold the note because normally they don't they don't play that other ending there where there's a bunch of noise in there. But this, I don't know how they held the note this long. I might have to skip ahead a okay. little bit. Here we go. That's an ending. Could you imagine if somebody, uh, like, you know, everybody's sitting in there being quiet, right? Because you can't ruin the take, and all of a sudden somebody, God, <laughs> <laughs> George! Yeah. yeah. Lennon passes yeah. gas. Come on, God. John! Uh, Ringo, every time. <laughs> Dan, every time. I, I can picture you in a basement with a shag rug, and, mm. you know. How good is that? Just though? listen to how long mm. it's going on. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <clears throat> Somebody just does that. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, Did you have one, McLevin? No? 
Every song, I tried like five songs, they all just fade out normally. Well, it used to be that's what you do. You just say, uh, and it, that song went uh, three minutes and 48 seconds, let's just fade it out. Seaton, you got one? Uh, I got two, Okay, actually. All right. uh, and that, they're kind of similar, really, when you when you when I go back and listen to them to the way Spirit of the Radio ends, where it's really just like the whole band going off and just absolutely shredding. Okay. Um, first one that came to mind for me was um, Prince, Let's Go Crazy. Because you don't really think of him as a great guitar player, but he is absolutely shredding at the end of this. That's Eddie Van Halen. Before Eddie Van Halen, right? I'm close to it. It's sort of like Hendrix. You know, it's really Hendrix-like. So good. I think it was Dave Grohl who said Prince could pick up any instrument and play it as well as anybody. And when you think, remember, well, Prince at the Super Bowl? Yeah. That, to me, is my favorite Super Bowl performance because it was just, it was him. You had that that uh, sheet, that cloth, or whatever it was. It was raining. He did Purple Rain, and it was started to rain. Hmm, man. So good. All righty. You can uh, give us your suggestions. The best ending of a song. Also, Derrick Henry, can he continue this? And the number of great running backs who have had some kind of run like this and have gone all the way to the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that. Chris Sims from NBC Sports will join us, get his thoughts on the conference title games coming up this weekend. One hour in the books, two more to go here on the Dan Patrick Show. What's happening, everybody? This is the official Lakers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Trudell. Super pumped to be here, flanked by Aaron Larsoul. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's, Let's get, get it. it. I think the Lakers will be a top 10 defense. Okay, now. you're calling your shot again. A little turnaway pass blocked by Anthony Davis. A team that has two stars or two superstars in this case, as LeBron and AD, can sometimes cancel each other out. But I think they're both good candidates for MVP. I really like the way that this team just feels to be around. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, it's a it's a very clear message. It's two stars and LeBron and AD, and it's everybody else that's on board. The relationship that is developing between those two, off the court and on the court, their cohesiveness on the court. I think in this case, this is a special case that the two of them will enhance each other as opposed to taking away from each other. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.